DM Emma here hopping in to add a quick addendum for this episode. The individual referred to as Gia in the episode has made some discoveries regarding their gender identity since the show was last recorded. They now go by G and use she-they pronouns. They have given permission for these episodes to still be aired despite the previous name, but please keep this in mind when interacting with them and discussing the podcast in the community once you've listened to the episodes. Thanks and enjoy the show! D&D people, and welcome back to Improv Madness, the D&D 5e actual play podcast where no one knows what's happening, especially not me. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today, and for all of our other adventures you'll be taking with us here in Season 1. This is our third group of adventurers for this season, and I can't wait to introduce you to them as we create their characters today. Before we do that, though, let me introduce you to another awesome group of TTRPG podcasters so they can tell you a bit more about their show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Five Gems in a Trench Coat. Excuse me? Yeah? What's that? You want to know what Five Gems in a Trench Coat is? Let us tell you. It's the adhesive that keeps the fragile pieces of my sanity together. Well, okay, Jesse, what it actually is, is a narrative-driven TTRPG actual play where five friends take turns weaving stories through the tabletop game of their choice. Of their choice? Each season? Each season. That's pretty cool. I disagree. Oh. I feel it's the adhesive. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you guys aren't all in a trench coat? No, we're definitely in a trench coat. How How does that work? Get her. (gasps) Before I'm caught, you can check out Five Games in a Trenchcoat just about anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can check out our website at fivegamesinatrenchcoat.com. Oh my god, they really are all in a trench coat. So, I have my first player here to make her character, and hopefully you will recognize her from her past appearances. We have Chia! Hi everyone, it's your spooky gal Gia. I'm here today. We'll see if I'm playing somebody spooky or not. I'm always gonna play someone spooky. I I don't know what I'm. <laughs> I was gonna say you're you're not gonna be sparkly instead of spooky. I got my sparkly pink dice out to play today, which is so unlike Chatwin's vibe, and I'm really excited about that. I try to use my opposite dice for improv, so I got all the sparkly dice out. Well, let's see if something sparkly comes of it, because on top of making your character, you get to do all the fun party deciding roles today as well. So really quick to jump into this, I am going to have you roll a d20 really quick to determine, or not a d20. We're moving away from that after last month's one shot. While the level 19 one shot was fun, making the characters was a nightmare. So I'm taking it down to a d12. Destroying my dreams of doing that level 21 shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll squeeze it in there at some point, but it won't be in this format. It's all right. I practiced all the my D12s I have out to see which ones are rolling best. And so far, this one has been giving me the most luck. So I don't know. We'll see. Come on, then. Come on, then. That is a nine. Not bad, not bad, not bad. It kind of failed me a little bit, but that's all right. That's a good middle ground level here. Yeah, that's... That's a good halfway point. I just, I just like playing high level characters. (laughs) That's completely fair. Everyone likes it when they get up to the higher levels and they can start to do more. But in the meantime, I will have you roll a d20 this time to decide how the party met. Give you guys some basis for your backstories here. Okay. That is, what is that? That is a 17. So with that, 
Oh no. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. Oh, I like the promise there. You are all runaways or wanted criminals <laughs> that met in this fashion. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> the last time this was rolled when I did a test game, this prompt was what created an evil one-shot. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with this group. I'm going to play an evil aligned character. <laughs> oh boy. I just have goblin energy within me tonight, Emma. I, I, I gotta release it. <laughs> that is fair. And what better night to release all the crazy goblin energy than on improv night. So let's get into building the actual character so we can start directing all of this goblin energy somewhere. Roll me a d31 for your race. Did I just roll a one? Yes, you rolled a nat one. <laughs> I rolled a nat one? God damn it! Beautiful. And that means... Oh my god. What is it? It's a hill dwarf. Again? <laughs> oh my god! Why does this keep happening to me? I don't like dwarves! Sorry? Fuck me! Well, maybe they'll rub off on you. Mm-mm. Did we just kill the goblin energy? Oh no, I'm gonna be so much worse now. Oh no? Okay. Just to say fuck you to this generator. Well, let's see how much worse we're gonna get here. Roll me a d73 for your class, please. 60. Alrighty. Oh no. <laughs> you are playing an elk totem barbarian. Okay, I can take that. I have some rage within me tonight. <laughs> elk totem. That's an add-on to the Totem Warrior subclass from Sword Coast, actually. Oh. And then for your background, please roll me a d25. 14. Your background is City Watch, which is also from Sword Coast. I am a corrupt guard. If, if how we met is that we're all runaways and criminals, I, I took some bribes. <laughs> Ooh, okay. As a barbarian, you get both simple and martial proficiencies. So you get to decide now, Gia. Do you want to roll on the simple weapons table or the martial weapons table for your preferred weapon? What's under which again? I can't remember which weapons are which. Can I know that? Yeah. So like simple weapons are more like light stuff, like hand axes, quarter staves, your light crossbow. Spears are on that list too. Whereas the martial weapons are your great axe, great sword. A lot of your bigger weapons are on here as well. I think since I'm feeling the rage tonight, I gotta go with the martial weapons and hope I get one of the big boys. Okay. Go ahead and roll me a d23, please. Seven. Your weapon of choice is a lance. A lance? What the fuck is a lance? <laughs> it's... Do you remember those like Riders that are up on horses and they have the really long spears. Oh my god, it's one of those things? Yes. How does that work? I'm so intrigued about this character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play my last, since my last character was also a dwarf, I'm coming back as the, the corrupt cousin or something. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, this, that's gonna be interesting because it literally, like, I just looked up a lance to get a description and the first line of the thing that I'm reading is it's literally a spear designed to be used by a mounted warrior or cavalry soldier. Hmm, interesting. 
I have no mount. <laughs> Unless one of the other players, if they get a Goliath, can that be my mount? Can I ride on their shoulders? Oh my god, I don't know that I have Goliaths on the race table. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not in any of the source books I own. Damn. Next is the magic items. So for ninth level, you get a rare magic item. So I will have you roll on the rare magic item table. So go ahead and roll me a d111. 38. Okay. And just to remind you, for these tables, if you can't use the item or want to try rolling again, you can. But if you re-roll, you have to use whatever it is you re-roll. Mm, let's see what a 38 gets me. That gets you a gem of seeing. What the hell is that? For our listeners here, this gem has three charges. As an action, you can speak the gem's command word and expend one charge. For the next 10 minutes, you have true sight out to 120 feet when you <gasps> peer through the gem. The gem regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. Huh. So I can have true sight for 10 minutes. How many charges did it say it had again? It has three. Oh, so I can do that three times a day feasibly? Yes. I'm going to make it into an eye patch. <laughs> do you want to share a little tidbit for the listeners give us some insight into what you're thinking here i am imagining <laughs> this fucking corrupt ass guard that got found out and is running from their home big gnarly scar across the face has a gem fit into this empty socket <laughs> the gem that they can speak the command word and be like hey Time to, time to look up. Uh, she looks through the eye. <laughs> Beautiful. This is getting off to a great start. Thank you so much, Gia. Let's leave it there and let you get creative with this character. And we will move on to our next person. I don't know how many more of these I'm going to be in, but if, if I'm in another one after this and I get another fucking dwarf, I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Alrighty. And now we have our next player here with us. This may be a new face for some of you guys. Our friend TJ. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? We're good, TJ. How are you? I am great. How are you, Emma? Are you doing good? Everybody doing good there, out there in uh, podcast land? I am indeed doing good out here in podcast land. <laughs> Living the dream. Excited to see what craziness you all come up with for me. Oh, I'm aiming to deliver. Gia's has already become quite interesting. And she also set a couple of guidelines for you to work with as we go into character creation tonight. Oh. Fun thing for the first person that goes, they roll for the level of the party and they get to roll for how all of you met. So this is something that you'll also incorporate into your own backstory. Okay. Based on what she rolled, you'll all be playing level nine characters tonight. But so far. Mm -hmm. And the way you all met is you are all runaways or criminals. Okay. You definitely work with that. Mm-hmm. She already has a very interesting idea that I'm excited to see <laughs> how it comes to fruition. But in the meantime, let's get you rolling up a bit, shall we? And get you started with your character. So I'm going to have you roll for your race. So I'm going to need you to roll a d31 for me, good sir. 28. What did I get? I got a tiefling. 
tiefling, the winged variant. Ooh, that's fun. So not only am I a winged devil, I'm also a horny devil. Nothing. All right. Well, you're technically both. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you were trying joke. to make a reference that <laughs> went right over my head, I apologize. <laughs> it's all right. But essentially, in the Sword Coast, like the variant tiefling, it replaces the infernal legacy trait. So yeah, the hell, the hellish rebuke, yeah? So instead of the infernal legacy trait that gives you the hellish rebuke, you get the wings. That's fair. I would say wings are better anyway. Yeah. But since you get the wings, uh, you get a flying speed of 30 feet, as long as you're not wearing heavy armor. Hmm, 30 feet is kind of shrimpy, but okay. I mean, you can fly, dude. <laughs> hey, my last flying character can go as far as 50. That, uh, that was great. You were also a monk. Yes, and my final flying speed was 80. It was great. Absolutely. Pro tip, unarmed movement does not apply just to walking speed. It's flying speed, too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's why it was 80. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, let's move on a little here. And I'm going to have you roll in the class table next. So I'm going to need you to roll a d73 for your class. 33. What do I got? That gives you a Beastmaster Ranger. Okay. That's not bad. Wait, the revised Beastmaster Ranger? Not the original. <laughs> This is the original from the player's handbook. Oh, dang. Okay, I'll tell you what. If you hate it that much, you can use the revised version. The revised version is cool. The original is so-so. Fair enough. I haven't played a ranger in a while, but I feel like everyone dogs on them, and they're not that bad. Yeah, they're not. They used to be the punching bag, but now that's monks. It's kind of shifted. Really? Interesting. Yeah, and rangers are along the punching bag. That's interesting that monks would become the punching bag. Oh, yeah. And kind of ironic, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this bag punches back. <laughs> Indeed it does, but moving on to your background. Roll me a d25, good sir. Okay, 11. Your background is a sailor. Okay, hmm, Beastmaster Sailor. Interesting indeed. Yeah, how does that okay, pet parrot is a safe option or I can have like a pet squid or something. That would be interesting. I, I would be intrigued to see how you play with a pet squid if you guys are on land. Yeah, that's what I want to know too. This is like I'm blah 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 and this is my pet squid, Jeremy. Oh my god. <laughs> <Jeremy>. <laughs> Has a little pirate hat and an eye patch. Holds a little tentacle with a mini sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can make this work. I just throw it at people. <laughs> <laughs> just have it squirt ink in their faces. Oh my yeah. god. I, I need this to be a thing now. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So it looks like for rangers, you get both simple and martial weapon proficiencies. So I will now ask you, would you like to roll on the simple weapons table or the martial weapons table? Definitely the martial. They got the better stuff. Fair enough. Roll me a d23. 14. What did I get? Short sword. Solid. Okay. Tried and true. Short sword are finesse weapons also. Are they not? Uh, they are finesse weapons. All right. I never thought about that, because 
most of the time, if you're a rogue, you usually go for the rapier or the the daggers. I mean, rapier is a solid. Rapier is like what d6 or d8 damage. It's a long sword, so d8. Rapiers are also d8, which is probably why people go for it more. Now, last but certainly not least, you get to roll for your magic item. Ooh. For level nine characters, I'll have you guys rolling on the rare magic items table. And how I've been doing magic items, since some of these aren't going to work for, like, if you're not a caster and you get an item for a spellcaster or vice versa, obviously that's not going to work for you. So in those cases, or if you just want to re-roll, you're not liking your item, I will let you re-roll, but you have to use the second thing that you roll if you re-roll your magic item. Okay, so I'm basically rolling with advantage. Yes. Alrighty. What am I rolling? Roll me a d111. Alright, big money, big money. 55, like right down the middle. Awesome. So with a 55, you get a mace of smiting. What does that do? Let me see, because that sounds like something that would be... Worth pound. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought too. Okay, it's not limited to paladins. You gain a... Plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. The bonus increases to plus three when you use the mace to attack a construct. Hmm. When you roll a 20 on an attack roll made with this weapon, the target takes an extra 2d6 bludgeoning damage, or an extra 4d6 bludgeoning damage if it's a construct. If a construct has 25 hit points or fewer after taking this damage, it is destroyed. Very specific to constructs. It is. I don't know if we'll be finding a lot of constructs. I might want to roll again. Okay. Go ahead and roll again and see what you get. 21. So that gives you cloak a cloak of, of the bat. bat. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that gives me a... Actually, no, I already have a flying speed. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> the one character that you don't need the flying speed for. <laughs> yeah, but I think it has other properties. It does. So with a cloak of the bat, while wearing this cloak, you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks. Uh, in an area of dim light or darkness, you can grip the edges of the cloak with both hands and use it to fly at a speed of 40 feet. So it, it is further than the flying speed that your own wings give you, which is funny to me. Yeah, right? If you ever fail to grip the cloak's edges while flying in this way, or if you are no longer in the dim light or darkness, you lose this flying speed. Oh, so you can only fly with it during dim light and darkness. Okay. While wearing the cloak in an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to cast Polymorph on yourself, transforming into a bat. While you are in the form of the bat, you retain your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. The cloak can't be used this way again until the next dawn. Interesting. I'm feeling like a sailor Batman type deal. Okay. Sailor Batman. Yeah, sailor Batman with a pet squid. <laughs> just sail into the darkness and drop a squid out of nowhere in somebody's face. Just, it's Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy. <laughs> yes. Only you're not Jeremy, the squid is Jeremy. Jeremy can talk. Oh my god, so instead of you going, I'm Jeremy, it's the squid going, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> As you drop it on people. Oh, see now, now Jeremy has to have like a little, ma like a little Batman mask or like a, like a retro Adam West type Batman mask <laughs> with a little horns. I think he talked me into like, all right, we got to get this cape. We got to, we got to match. So you've got the cape. Jeremy has the, the Batman mask. 
Yeah. Oh, what if he has like a little mini cape too? That's cute. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Okay. I love this already. This is so much more wholesome than I expected, but I love it. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see how Squid Batman gets the criminal element in there as well. Oh. Hmm. Well, we are a sailor, so let's might as well just say pirate. Ooh. Well, I will leave you to think on that and get your character sheet made and the rest of your backstory built. And in the meantime, we'll bring in our third and final player for this evening to get everything going. All right. And last but certainly not least, we have our third player of the evening to make their chaotic character, Zach. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Ready for the madness. Indeed, so much madness. But so one of the fun things that I forgot to explain earlier. So when Gia went first, she rolled up a couple things that are going to impact your character for the evening as well. One of these things was the level that we're playing tonight. So all of you will be playing level nine characters this evening. Also, I had her roll on something called the How We Met table so that all of you have a bit of a connection going into this since you're all higher level. But all of you will be playing runaways or criminals this evening, which is how you all met. Excellent. I can't wait to be a criminal. Hell yeah. <laughs> the last time I this one came up, we had a very fun evil one shot. So. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's necessarily the vibe that's been going so far, but we'll see what happens. Maybe like chaotic neutral vibe? Possibly. Okay, we'll see. We will see, absolutely. But to get into it here, I'm going to have you start off by rolling for your race. So roll me a d31, please. 26. Okay, you are playing a variant tiefling. Oh, gosh. The Devil's Tongue. So this is something that they added in Sword Coast, that it replaces the Infernal Legacy trait from the typical tiefling from the player's handbook. Okay. So the Devil's Tongue gives you, you know, the vicious mockery cantrip. When you reach third level, you can cast the Charm Person spell as a second level spell once with this trait. When you reach fifth level, you can cast the Enthrall spell once with this trait. You must finish a long rest to cast these spells once again with this trait. Charisma is your spellcasting ability for them. That's pretty cool. Let's have you roll up your class, shall we? Yeah, do it. So for this one, you're going to roll a d73. Interesting. 62. Dang it, just shy of 69. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so for this one, you are an Arcana Domain Cleric. Okay, interesting. That is definitely interesting, but that's basically based around like magic gods and right a cleric who worships magic. Not to mention a criminal. <laughs> Indeed. So that'll be interesting. But to tie that part together, let's roll for your background, shall we? Hell yeah. So roll me a d25 for that one. Five. Ooh, that's a contradiction right there. Your background is folk hero. Oh my god, criminal folk hero? Well, no, that's like Robin Hood. That's true. So what, maybe I'm like some kind of magical healer who practices his healing outside of the law? Okay. 
maybe healers are supposed to be registered with a church, and I'm just like, no, I worship magic itself. Fuck gods. <laughs> that could certainly be an interesting thing from the town where you come from. Hell yeah. Awesome. So, clerics, for your weapon proficiencies, get simple weapon proficiencies. So I'm going to go ahead and have you roll on the simple weapons table to determine your weapon of choice. So roll me a d14. 13. I bet that is a whip. It's a short bow. Short bow. (laughs) Okay, sure. Whips are actually martial weapons, fun fact. Oh, really? I don't know. I was just guessing. (laughs) Fair enough. This is definitely turning out interesting. I'm liking it so far. Not going to lie. Good. It's definitely an interesting hodgepodge of different things. No, I can. I, it feels together. It feels really together in my head. Like it may look chaotic on paper, but this makes sense to me. I'm, I'm making sense out of it. Good. Well, then we're going to give you the final piece of the puzzle here so that you can start fully putting everything together, which is your magic item. So how I've been doing the magic item rolls, I'm going to have you roll on the rare magic item table for what level you're at currently. And since some items are very specific to certain classes and whatnot, you can reroll in that instance, or if you hate your magic item that much, you can reroll. But regardless of what comes up after that, you have to use it. Okay. So you got to reroll. One free reroll. Mm-hmm. Got it. Let's see what you get. Roll me a D111. Here we go. 74. 74 gives you the Ring of Evasion. Interesting. So this ring has three charges and it regains 1D3 expended charges daily at dawn. When you fail a dexterity saving throw while wearing it, you can use your reaction to expend one of its charges to succeed on that saving throw instead. Okay, got it. I like this. I'll take it. I don't need to re-roll that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. So give us some final thoughts now that we have all the pieces of the puzzle together. What's kind of going through your mind as far as like what you might be putting together for some of this character? Yeah, I'm really vibing on the on the renegade, like labeled criminal by the city I I live in because I'm choosing to practice my clerical healing and divine magic without proper license like i'm not registered to a church i don't worship a god i'm simply recognize my own divine power and choose to use it as i see fit worshiping magic itself completely circumventing gods okay and the the city don't doesn't like that and probably the gods don't like that either but like through some for some reason i don't know why and it's probably not important i've been gifted divine power and I'm able to use it to what I think is good and right. But criminal background, simply because fuck what they tell me I have to do. I'm here for the people, and they're the most important. Hell yeah. That's why I'm also... So it fits in with Folk Hero, too, you know? I love it. Yeah, definitely. Then that's a good way to fit that together with that out there background. But I can't wait to see how this comes together. And we will let you sort of plan a little more and get your character sheet together. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. And so for our listeners here, that concludes our character creation portion of this adventure. We'll be seeing you soon, courageous adventurers. That we will. 
Well, now that they're gone, we can get to planning this one shot. Let's get started here, shall we? So if you guys don't remember by now, I have some tables of my own to roll on for this craziness. They've given me the chaotic characters, and now I have to create the one-shot idea. First things first, I will be rolling up the setting of the one-shot, or the primary location. So let me roll a d40 here. 33. So that gives me a ruined castle. Interesting. This could be fun. I'm not entirely sure what I want to do with that yet, but I think our next thing will give me some clarity on that side of things. So the next thing I will be rolling is a key NPC that they encounter. So I will go ahead and roll a d20 on that one. That's a four. An oracle. Interesting. So the best way I can make that work is... Maybe the oracle was given a title and a castle and has kind of let it fall to ruin and it's become creepy? This is this is interesting. I, I've never been stumped up to this point before, but I think we'll definitely pull something together. I think I've just got like five different ideas popping back and forth in my head for this. So I need to narrow it down by figuring the last bit out. So for the monsters... Since everyone's level 9, I'll roll on the CR9 table. Since there's only three of them, it'll make this a little difficult. But they did get some pretty solid classes. They've got a Barbarian, a Ranger, and a Cleric. So that means they're going to be pretty tanky. So this could be fun. And I get to roll exactly a d12. So that certainly helps. A 4 again. Oh. Yep, this just put the idea together for me because they're fighting a young silver dragon, which is honestly perfect because the two could be at odds as far as who owns the castle. Like the Oracle let it go to ruins, but was still living in it when the silver dragon moved in. This is interesting. Because with the metallic dragons, they usually have a more good or neutral alignment. So they're not immediately... As you saw in the last game, they're not inherently evil. So it's a bit easier to play with their motivations a bit more. Silver dragons are lawful good. Ooh. Sorry, I'm reading over some of the lair stuff. Because if they're going to go into this castle... Now, see, that's going to be the other thing is, are they going to decide to face off against the oracle or the dragon? Or neither. I'm trying to look at stat blocks here because the archmage is way over their CR. But it would be fun to kind of give them the consequence if they decide to turn on the oracle. That's a much harder fight than the dragon. See, this is the fun thing is I don't get to run a ton of full-on boss battles a lot. Because like I said, I've only ever really run lower level campaigns and the, the bads that they face off at those lower levels of like one to five area. Usually you don't get lair actions or uh, legendary actions, which with the younger dragon, I don't get the legendary actions, but I can still use the lair actions for it, which would be really fun. 
So the layer actions it's got in here are the dragon creates fog as if it had cast the fog cloud spell. The fog lasts until initiative count 20 on the next round. Blisteringly cold wind blows through the lair near the dragon. Each creature within 120 feet of the dragon must succeed on a DC 15 con saving throw or take 1d10 cold damage. Gases and vapors are dispersed by the wind and unprotected flames are extinguished. Protected flames such as lanterns have a 50% chance of being extinguished. Okay, that's stuff I can easily incorporate once or twice in the combat. Okay. So I think I know what I'm going to do here. What's going to happen is basically they're going to be called in to resolve what is going to be called a domestic dispute in the ruined Grimkeep castle. And I know they're more evil aligned. So if they ask why they accepted the job, probably because it, it offered to pay 200 gold a person to solve this dispute, which would be promised by the Oracle, certainly not the dragon, because... Hoarding tendencies. That's all I have to say. Actually, I'm thinking about it because I'm an idiot. I forgot that dragons can turn into people. The dragon poses as the oracle. And then if they try to attack it, <laughs> because rumored treasure trove within the castle. See, that's an even better idea. What if people have been looking for, searching for this supposed legendary treasure left by the original Grimkeeps who lived there, who no longer necessarily... The family no longer resides in the castle, but they they leave the ruin there as a monument to the family's power and what they overtook hundreds of years ago. It's said that a great treasure hoard resides there that the castle itself protects. But in reality, it's the hoard of the dragon. And it's fun because one of the details that it has in here is that also silver dragons love to possess relics of humanoid history. So if it was a historic castle, that would make sense. So I'm going to say they were hired by the local thieves guild. But one of the other fun things is that dragons, they can shape the stone. Yes. Given days or longer to work, the dragon can make clouds and fog within its lair as solid as stone, forming structures and other objects as it wishes. So my idea for this is that essentially this dragon has created an entire labyrinth within this ruined castle to prevent people from coming in and attempting to steal its hoard. I think I've got it here. So they entered the city of Grimkeep and were hired by the local thieves guild to find the ancient treasures within Grimkeep Castle. They enter a labyrinth of stone to find a wise old oracle living there. If the party attempts to attack or admit that they're there to take historical artifacts, which the silver dragon likes to protect, the dragon will come out and attack them in order to protect the relics. And I think that's a perfect place to end our character creation session for this evening, friends. Hopefully you enjoyed some of the fun and exciting ideas our players came up with today. If you want to be the first to know when new episodes drop or to chat with other fans of the show, join our community discord through the link in our description. We can't wait to see you there and right back here next week for the one shot session. Bye!